What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Niners Nation podcast. This is the Gold Standard Podcast. I am Rob Stats Guerrera, and with me, as always, from NFL Network, Michelle Majuk. What's up, Michelle? There was real football on last night, and it was actually a great game. I was a little nervous because every time we get all excited for a night game, especially on Thursday night football, it ends up being a dud. I was like, if these two teams with all of this talent end up boring us, I'm going to be very sad. But they did not bore us whatsoever. It was an absolutely fantastic game. Tom Brady is still Tom Brady. Mike McCarthy is still Mike McCarthy, which is not good for Cowboys fans. And uh, I mean, Dak looks awesome. Dak Prescott is what? killing it out there. He I looks mean, he, great. He put up some good numbers. I didn't like some of his throws. I thought they were a little fluttery, but I mean, he still dropped 400 yards. So I thought a lot of his balls looked really good. Yeah, he had some of those wobbly balls, but he hasn't played in a long time. Fair. And he had that shoulder injury. So I thought I thought he looked good out there. CeeDee Lamb was really struggling to catch a ball in that first quarter and I was starting to get nervous because I have CD lamb everywhere, but he came through Amari Cooper looked amazing. That was just such a fun game. Yeah, it was, it was so, it was like, we get 18 more weeks of this. Yes, please. And uh, obviously yeah. have many more games on Sunday. If you're new to the gold diggers podcast, this is the show where we preview the 49ers game coming up that week. We're going to do gambling preview, fantasy preview. We're going to look at some season long over unders because the athletic had some really cool over unders that I really liked. So I wanted to get Michelle's take on that. And we're going to do our nuke block. The one thought narrative opinion that you want to get completely out of your life before we go. I want to remind everybody, please follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. If you haven't done so already, drop us a rating and a review. If you ask a question, I promise you we will answer it. All right, Michelle, it's game week. Lions, 49ers. I keep checking the spread, and every time I look, the spread keeps going up. It was 7.5 yesterday. Now it's 49ers minus 8. How do you feel about that? I would take the over there. I I think they will beat the Lions by at least eight points, right? And that's at least the hope. You you can't come out of this game just winning by a field goal. Like, you have to dominate against this team that should really struggle on all sides of the ball. Like, on defense, they're going – they should be one of the worst teams in the NFL. On offense, I can't imagine that they're going to be able to move down the field against anyone, let alone this defense – the Colts last year, like in, just in the second half of last year, the Colts beat the Lions by 20 points. The Vikings beat them by 14. Uh, the Panthers beat them by 20. Houston beat them by 16. The Packers actually only beat them by seven. Uh, but Bucks killed them by 40. Titans killed them by 21. The 49ers need to step up and, and do their thing and not just win win a close game. I totally agree with you. That is what I'm looking for going into this game. I don't want just a win. And I know like I shouldn't be picky, but I'm sorry. Like if, if the 49ers are going to be the team that we think they can be in a Super Bowl contender, you can't just beat the lions. You have to crush, embarrass, humiliate the lions. You have to win by multiple scores. And if you think that's what you're going to do, then obviously you should, you should lay the points because Here's the thing, Michelle. Are the Lions really going to drive down the field on a 10, 11, 12 play drive multiple times on this defense? Like, I just don't see how that's possible. And they don't have any deep threats, really. Like, they don't have any wide receivers. There's no one that the 49ers should be worried about. 
So I, I can't imagine that they scored too many points. The only way this could go down is, you know, a, a bad punt uh coverage or kick return coverage if they even score you know ever but and then uh, maybe some turnovers i don't know like it, it would have to be a very fluky game now sometimes that happens like remember the steelers were what uh nine and oh or something going uh to play dallas who looked completely terrible on defense and they're going up against ben Denucci. and the steelers only ended up winning that game by a few points and it was a, a real close game so like good teams look bad against poor competition sometimes this just should not be one of those games it, it better not be and i think of week one last year the 49ers were in control of the game against arizona arizona was doing nothing on offense and all of a sudden the 49ers go to punt arizona blocks the punt they get the short field they score a touchdown all of a sudden they're right back in the game that shifted the whole thing it's going to take something like that i think for the 49ers to not annihilate the Detroit Lions. Although I will say Kyle Shanahan in his tenure has only won one opening week game, and that was 2019 against the Bucs when Jameis Winston threw two pick sixes. So it's not as if the 49ers come out of the gate super strong. I, I, they need to break that this week. Like th This has got to stop. Everybody thinks you're a great team. The 49ers have been talking a good game all week. George Kittle talked about how confident they are. Prove it. Prove it yeah. this week. They're in a great spot in terms of health. They're not 100% healthy, which, by the way, nobody is. But they are in a great spot. Emmanuel Mosley probably is not going to play. Trey Lance looks like he's at least going to be active. I mean, most of the main guys are there for the 49ers, so there is no excuse not to dominate. 100%. Now, let me ask you this stat. Um, do you bet on your own team? Oh yeah. All the time <laughs> you do because some people will not, because then when you lose, you lose twice, like you lose your money. And then, you know, you you're sad because your team lost. I, I wouldn't do it. No. Do it? no. Oh yeah. Not only do I do it. Sometimes I will like not, I don't want to say bet against them, but like if it's a tough game, like the Packers game, right? Like I might, if the Packers are, are getting points, I might just take the Packers in that game because it's basically a coin flip game. And you're like, you know what? I'm getting points. I have the better quarterback. And if the 49ers end up losing, it's like, eh, you know, at least I made a little money on the side. And if the 49ers win, it's like, ah, who cares? I lost a little money. The 49ers just beat the Packers. Yeah. So I'm totally fine betting that way, like betting against my team. So if they do lose, then I'm like, okay, I got some money. Uh, and then I wouldn't care. Like I said, if I, if I lose my money just a little bit, but yeah, I try to stay away from betting at all on the, my game, you know, because I, I just like, don't want to be doubly sad. You know what it is? I fall into the trap where I'm like, well, I know more about my team. I know, you know, I've got the inside knowledge because I read the press conference transcripts. So sometimes I fall into that trap of thinking like I know more than the bookies, which, of course, is exactly what they want. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I definitely do bet on the 49ers during the year. Not every week, um, but I think this year I might actually do it a little more because I think that there is going to be early in the season. I think that people are going to underestimate them a little bit especially coming off last year with the 10 losses. So I think you might be able to take advantage of maybe some lines or some props, for example, which we're going to get into a, a bunch of the props from this week. So I think that there's opportunities in the right spots to make a little money betting on the 49ers. They're being nice to them this week. I mean, seven and a half, some lines are eight. That, that's a, that's a big one, you know, and of course they'll win by seven. 
because the bookies <laughs> right. are always dead, dead right. Uh, but yeah, I would go the over on this one. Okay, so let's get into some fantasy stuff now. Um, and I was just checking DraftKings to look at some of the props. So who do you like this week in fantasy when it comes to 49ers Lions? So actually one guy I like for DFS is Jimmy Garoppolo because he's not going to be expensive and likely you're not going to have to play him in your, you know, your normal fantasy leagues because you likely drafted a much better quarterback that's safer. But Jimmy Garoppolo in DFS, he's going to be cheap. And he finally has this amazing group of weapons around them. And at least for week one, they're all healthy, right? He's going to have Brandon Ayuk. I guess he's not fully healthy, but they said he's good to go. He's going to play. He'll be fine. Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and then Raheem Mostert's finally healthy as well. When he had them all last year, it was not very often. It was like two games that they all played over 50% of the game. Uh, Grapple scored nearly 24 fantasy points in one of them. And that was against the Rams, the best defense in the NFL. No, the only, the other game, he only scored seven and a half fantasy points, but that was in new England. And I'm sorry, just no quarterback goes there and does well. That's why Jeff Wilson ran for a zillion yards that day too. So Jimmy didn't have to do anything. The Lions last year gave up the fifth most fantasy points to the quarterback position. Their secondary stinks. They didn't do much like at all to fix that. So I'm so down with Jimmy Garoppolo this week. Let's hope Trey Lance, if you do play him, doesn't come in um, and score, like take too many touchdowns away from him inside that red zone. Uh, But I, I think this week he'll be good. Yeah, you mentioned it. There were only two games last year where George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and Jimmy Garoppolo started and finished the games. Like you said, it was the Rams game and the Patriots game, and they put up points. Like, this offense, when it's right, when it's whole, can score, and I agree. I think Jimmy Garoppolo, there's opportunity there. I think he's going to put up some good numbers. You know, he may get one of those cheap touchdowns on that drop pass where they run Debo Samuel around the edge, and it's like a a one yard pass that Jimmy technically throws and it counts as a touchdown instead of a handoff. Like he's probably going to get at least one of those. And I agree. Jimmy is a good play this week uh, beyond the quarterback. Anything else you like? Yeah, like I'm super excited to start Brandon Ayuk, but if you drafted him, you're going to start him. Uh, so we don't need to talk too much about that. I did mess up my stats there. They allowed actually the most fantasy points to quarterbacks last season, not the fifth most. <laughs> uh, it was the fifth most to the wide receiver position. So happy to start Brandon Ayuk, happy to start Debo Samuel in a full PPR league. Uh, but one guy I'm also, I think is a must start this week in any kind of for- format. It's Raheem Mostert. So Raheem Moser is healthy, and when he's healthy, you plug him into your fantasy lineups. Since 2019, when Raheem Moser just has 10 rushing attempts in a game, that's not very much, just 10 or more rushing attempts in a game. He averages 14.3 fantasy points per game. He should get plenty of touches in this game. You wouldn't expect this to be you know, a, a matchup where they're going to have to throw 40-plus times. I think they're going to be heavily efficient. That's why I like Jimmy Garoppolo. But Raheem Moser should have plenty of touches and again the Lions defense was terrible everywhere they allowed <laughs> most fantasy points to the running back position last year as well uh, and Mostert will be the fastest player on that field because he's always the fastest player on the field and the Lions had the most missed tackles in the NFL last season good luck tackling Raheem Mostert he can break off a long play in any given moment he's just a must start for me the prop on Mostert for over under rushing yards is 68 and a half you going over Ooh. on that? Yeah, I will. I'll go over on that. He could get that in one play, like I said, right? True. 
they're giving him respect there because that's a higher line than even Zeke had last night. He had like 52, which he didn't even hit. Uh, he, he looked real bad. But also the Bucks defense is just dominant uh, against the run. But yeah, I like that line for Moster. They're definitely respecting him, and you have to hope that Sermon doesn't take too much of the workload. Uh, but I think this is Mostert's backfield to start the season. He looked awesome in preseason. I, I have full confidence in him. Yeah, I think he's the guy that's going to benefit the most when they if they do put Lance in there because I think that Lance's presence freezes the linebacker for just a second or two, and he's Mostert is so damn fast. That's all it takes. Like the linebacker takes one false step or waits a second. And he's around the most it's around the edge. Like it, he's incredibly fast. I agree with you. I like that over. This was interesting. So Ayuk and Debo Ayuk's over under is 44 and a half. Debo's over under for receiving yards is 45 and a half. I'm surprised that they're actually favoring Debo over Ayuk because Ayuk's the guy that's been getting all this preseason love, all this hype. Everybody is drinking the Brandon Ayuk Kool-Aid except for me. So it was surprising <laughs> to me to see Vegas say, actually, we think Debo is going to have more yards than Ayuk. Yeah, and I'm guessing Jeff Akuda will be on Ayuk. You know, Debo will move all over the field. Akuda was the absolute worst cornerback. I'm not just making that up. He was the worst in coverage <laughs> last year. According to PFF, he had the worst grade among all corners uh, in coverage. So unless he drastically improved from last year, which he could. I mean, he was a very early draft pick last season. He was supposed to be great. So don't get me wrong. He could have improved. Um, but I, I like Ayuk better to get the receiving yards. Now, if there's like, I'm wondering what his reception total is over under. Uh, Debo Samuel will likely have more receptions on the season in these games uh, just because they get him the ball in space. It's shorter, shorter average depth of target, but yeah, he should be plenty fine in full PPR leagues. Ayuk's over under for catches in the game is three and a half, and Debo's is four and a half. Oh, four and a, I would definitely take that over on Debo. Yeah, I mean, Ayuk's is three and a half. That's less than one a quarter. They're not respecting him whatsoever. I, I like both of those overs for him a lot. Brandon Ayuk is one of my favorite plays this week. He didn't look great in preseason. Don't get me wrong, but I, I think he'll be fine. And I, I would bet the over on both of these guys. I, I said to do that against uh, with Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb last night. Their over-unders were stupid low. They were both in the 60s. I'm like, you can't run on the Bucks. You're going to throw. And they both murdered that line. Uh, so I think in week one, you can steal some of these lines like this. And these two seem like a steal. Yeah, I think that this is going to be adjusted as the year goes on. That seems, I mean, one catch a quarter. Come on. Like, Brandon Ayuk's the number one wide receiver. You don't think he's going to catch one pass per quarter? That seems nuts to me. But again, like, obviously they know what they're doing. But to me, I just, when it jumps off the page like that, any of those guys, actually, you got Ayuk's three and a half, Debo's four and a half, Kittle is four and a half, Muhammad Sanu is one and a half. I think uh, Muhammad Sanu is probably going to get two catches, too. I might go a little crazy with these props. <laughs> yeah, this is the time to do it. I definitely like the Debo and Ayuk one uh, and George Kittle. I don't know if I'd get crazy with Sanu there. It's only two catches, but... You know, what if he doesn't get to see the field as much as we think? I'd like to see how the timeshare uh, breaks before I put any money on Muhammad Sanu. All right, fine. Way to rain on my parade there. <laughs> how about this one for the Lions? TJ Hawkinson, over-under catches in the game, four and a half. To me, I would be very hesitant. To, I might go the under on that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine to go the under. You know, he could end up 
squeaking in five receptions for like 25 yards. This was actually my biggest sit of the week in fantasy. You drafted TJ Hawkinson in the fourth or fifth round. And as a tight end, you might have to play him, but I really, really want to start like anyone else over him. The 49ers have the best coverage linebacker in the NFL and Fred Warner. And for that reason, they allow the fewest receptions and receiving yards to the tight end position. Uh, and they only allowed four receiving touchdowns all season long to tight ends, allowed the fewest fantasy points per game to the tight end position last season. This is just an extremely tough matchup. And people might say, well, they have no one else to pass to. Like TJ Hawkinson has to be the guy that gets the targets. Maybe that's true. Like they have no wide receivers. Swift is still kind of banged up. We'll see how much he plays. Um, but then that also means that's the only guy that the 49ers need to focus on stopping. Like I said, he could get five receptions because they should try to target him. I just don't think even if he gets 10 targets, I just don't think it's going to turn into much at all at like 30 yards. Like that's really all I'm seeing for him. And I, I don't picture him getting into the end zone this this week. I'm personally starting Kyler Higby for the Rams over Hawkinson in one of my leagues. I'm just super, super nervous about him. Congratulations to me for benching Gronk last night. I feel like an absolute Oops. idiot. 90 yards, two touchdowns. Whoops. Um, I agree on Hawkinson. Look, if I'm the 49ers, I'm like, I'm making one of these scrub wide receivers beat us. The one guy who I'm not going to let beat us is TJ Hawkinson. Fred Warner is going to be all over him, like you said. I could even see like Tyra Williams or somebody having a bunch of catches for the Lions because I could see the 49ers be like giving Detroit the completions to, to yep. Williams on, on that one. Um, and the other thing, too, is Goff is not going to have a ton of time to throw. I think Goff is going to be absolutely mauled by this 49ers defense. Nick Bosa said he has no restrictions whatsoever. D Ford is back. Samson Abukam, Armstead. I don't think Kinlaw is going to play, but Armstead, Bosa, Ford. I mean, all these dudes are there. They're going to get after it. I think D'Amico Ryans is going to be super aggressive, too, because he knows how basically Jared Goff pees down his leg anytime he's under pressure. So I don't think that, that Goff's going to have time to, to throw very much anyway. Yeah, they're super familiar with Jared Goff. So that's a huge plus. And yeah, I, I just think that's why I think DeAndre Swift could end up being an okay PPR play if you have him in fantasy. Like, I don't expect him to do good on the ground whatsoever. The 49ers run defense to be very good again this year. But if Jared Goff has 0.5 seconds to throw and there's no one to throw to, he could be dumping off to DeAndre Swift a bunch of times. If his groin is fully, you know, healed, he's good to go. Dan Campbell is saying, you know, he, he should be all right there. So I'll start DeAndre Swift in PPR leagues, but it should be just an ugly game with not too many uh, scoring opportunities. Do you have his over under with receptions? I actually don't see DeAndre Swift on the board for receptions in this game. That's kind of surprising because I agree. He's going to be the one that benefits from that. Dan Campbell said he has no restrictions, but again, we'll see how much he actually plays. But yeah, he's going to be the guy because it's going to be check down, check down, check down with Goff. Yep. 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 So I would take the Swift, whatever the over is with his receptions, I'd be down to take it if they end up putting, putting a line out there for him. All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, there were some really cool season-long over-unders for the 49ers that were in the athletics. So we'll do that. And we have our nuke block of the week as well after the break. Back here on the Gold Diggers podcast, let's get set and do some season-long over-unders. I saw these in the athletic. I want to be fair. I did not make them up myself. Um, but let's get into it, Michelle. First one right out of the gate. We'll start with the quarterbacks. Jimmy Garoppolo, over or under 11 starts this year for the Niners? I'm going to go under. 
And it's because I could see a situation a lot like the Dolphins last year that even if Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers are doing well, you know, they're 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 winning games just like Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Dolphins were, I think they're going to want to get in Trey Lance, just like the Dolphins wanted to get into a and I do think we could be seeing a situation right now where they want to showcase Jimmy Garoppolo, say, hey, he can stay healthy. Hey, he looks good to trade him before the trade deadline. Uh, because right now, this offseason, he wasn't going to, you're not going to get too much in a trade offer for him because you haven't seen him in a year and teams aren't interested. Well, if a quarterback goes down midseason, you're going to get way more draft capital for him since. Just, just since 2018, there's actually been nine quarterbacks selected in the top 10 overall picks. All nine of them started nine-plus games. So I, I think Trey Lance will see the same thing. Tua actually started the fewest games. He's the only one that started fewer than 10, but he still started nine. Uh, so I, I, I definitely take the under here. Uh, and like I said, I do think they end up trading him before the trade deadline. I'm definitely going to take the under here as well. First of all, let a... Set aside Trey Lance. Jimmy Garoppolo has only started more than six games in a season at one time in his entire career, and that was 2019. So regardless of what happens with the backup quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo has not been able to stay healthy for long enough to start 11 games in a season. He hasn't even made it out of two of the last three Septembers without getting injured. Forget about 11 starts. To me, the combination of Garoppolo's health and the Lance situation means there's no way he starts uh, more than 11 games. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. If I could bet that, 100% doing that, taking that under on Jimmy Garoppolo. And like you said, it's going to happen either through injury or even if injury doesn't happen, I think they make that change. They gave up way too much draft capital to just sit on Trey Lance for a full year. Uh, let's stay on the quarterbacks here. Over under Trey Lance rushing touchdowns for the season, four and a half. I I'm going over here. Even if he's not the starter, I think he would hit this four and a half. We saw in that last preseason game, they brought him in once they got near the goal line, which they should be doing. And I, I think even in the beginning part of this season, if he's not starting, he's going to get a few of those rushing touchdowns. And then once he is the starter, then this is an easy over. But I'm very confidently taking the over on four and a half here for Lance's rushing touchdowns. See, I went the other way. I went under, um, and the reason I think is because, one, the injury situation, I don't think they're going to give him a lot of carries early. I think they're going to be extra cautious with him. And the other thing is I don't think that Kyle Shanahan does not want risk, and I think that once he eventually does go to Lance as the starter, he's not going to want to go back. So I think what he's going to do is he's going to use the threat of Trey Lance near the goal line more than he actually uses Lance. It's kind of like a parent when you're driving in the car with your kids. You always say you're going to stop the car or turn the car around. You're not really going to do that. You're not going to inconvenience your whole day because the kids are being annoying in the back seat. But the threat of that sometimes can be more powerful than actually doing it. So I'm going to take the under. I think four is actually the number for Lance. And I know I'm walking a fine line there because it's four and a half. But I'm going to take the under between Kyle not liking risk, the Lance injury situation, I, I, that's my riskiest one, I'm I willing to admit. Yeah, and I think it would be silly for Kyle Shanahan to be worried to you know run his best weapon around the goal line. And you might say the threat will you know, scare defenses enough, but that's only going to last for so long, right? Once teams learn like, oh, well, he's never going to take off and run, apparently, like then they're going to start covering uh, the playmakers in the end zone, covering the pass. So I don't know that that seems 
that seems unlikely to me that he, you, you see Josh Allen, you see Lamar Jackson, you see Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, like all of these rushing quarterbacks, they get into the end zone over five times with their legs every year. I, I think Trey Lance will do the same. The other thing with Lance too, that might lead to some rushing touchdowns, the windows get tighter in the red zone. Cause there's just less space. The defense has to defend the Trump card for him is like, crap i missed this read now it's not open anymore what do i do screw it i'll just run it like so that could lead to some i i agree it's it's a dangerous bet i'm making there i'm fully willing to admit it um sticking with the rushing yards nfl team leader in rushing yards for this season the 49ers or anybody else so you always take the field if someone gives you the option to take the field, you take the field. And like the Ravens still exist, right? I understand J.K. Dobbins is out for the year. I cannot believe Gus Edwards is also now out for the year. They really don't have any running backs. I don't expect Le'Veon Bell to like get 200 plus carries this year or Devonta Freeman. But someone will do well in that backfield. And over the last two seasons, they have combined for 6,367 rushing yards easily leads the NFL. The next closest is the Titans at 4,900 rushing yards. That's 1,400 fewer than the Ravens. Like the Ravens are likely going to lead the NFL again because Lamar Jackson still exists. You know, the Browns have Chubb and Hunt. They should do plenty well and gain a ton of yards. Derrick Henry could outrush the whole 49ers backfield by himself. Like there's just a lot of teams. Seattle wants to be a run first team and you have Russell Wilson's rushing yards. I, I would definitely take the field here. Um, And, you know, if you lose that bet, then you're just unlucky, kind of. You're smart and you're right. You should always, always, always take the field. But I don't know. I I was so I'm writing down, like, who are the teams that the 49ers would have to contend with? The Ravens, like you said, they just lost three running backs for the season in less than two weeks. That's unbelievably bad luck for Baltimore. I know Lamar is good, but someone's got to run the ball if they're going to have the NFL rushing lead. I don't have confidence that Le'Veon Bell or Devonta Freeman are going to be able to do it. I think that takes the Ravens out of contention to be the rushing leader for the NFL. Cleveland is really good. Chubb and Hunt. But I think this year is going to be a little bit more about Baker. He's in a contract. You know, he's trying to get that second contract. Odell Beckham Jr. is back. Chubb is really good. Oh, but he please also got- have that be true. As a Steelers fan, please have that be true. <laughs> if you're really going to go away from the, the formula that wins you games, it's running the ball with Chubb and Hunt, and then it makes Baker Mayfield very efficient, Like, please take the ball out of the running back's hands. That would be amazing um, as a Steelers fan. I'm not saying they're going to abandon the run. I'm just saying I think that they might reduce the carries enough for the 49ers to sneak in there between Mostert and Sermon and Lance and everybody else rushing the ball for San Francisco. I don't know. You're right. The Eagles are sneaky with Jalen Hurts. He's going to get a lot of rushing yards. I don't know if Miles Sanders is good enough um, to allow the, the, the Eagles to lead the NFL in rushing yards, but there's someone to keep an eye on as well there. I guess it depends on how many games Lance starts, right? But if you're saying Kyle Shanahan wants to be safe, how much is he going to let him run? Uh, I guess it depends on how many games he actually does start to see if they even have a chance. Because with Jimmy Garoppolo back there, then I don't, I, I don't think the 49ers have a chance to lead the NFL in rushing yards. Uh, no, they might have a chance to lead the league in negative rushing yards with Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> back there. All right, who has more rushing yards? The 49ers quarterbacks or the 49ers wide receivers? Yeah, I'm going the quarterbacks pretty easily. Last year, the 49ers had receivers combined for 103 rushing yards. The year before that, they actually had the second most in the NFL, but still only at 173. Lance just has to start a few games to hit that, right? And 
he's going to come in even before he starts. He's going to have some rushing attempts. Even Jimmy Garoppolo had 62 rushing yards in 2019. So if he can do half of what the 49ers wide receivers did last year, then Lance can easily um, outrush them. I'm not going to lie. I was planning on going wide receivers. You just totally turned me around with that answer. <laughs> nice. I was I like just that. like, oh, man, I did not. I thought the 49ers receivers had more rushing yards than that. Honestly, you know what it is? I think some of those stupid plays get called passes when they're really basically runs. And so I think the Niners have lost. The receivers have lost some rushing yards that way. But you're right. When you put that out there, like I admit, you turned me around on that one. So good job, you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. How about this one? More total yards this season. Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel? This is a hard one. I do think they'll be close, but I'm going Ayuk just for the fact that his average depth of target is deeper, and I expect it to even have a further gap this season. I think Ayuk will be used uh, just more uh, in the middle of the field um, and, and on deeper routes. But Debo will be used everywhere. I just think it's going to be such such short little receptions. So I fully expect Debo to lead in receptions, but Ayuk to lead in receiving yards. I guess I'm not counting rushing yards here for Debo, but like I said, it's not that many rushing yards. It'll be maybe a hundred tops. So I'm still going at you here. Debo's going to get the ball in more sure situations. Like you said, shorter passes, those drop passes behind the line of scrimmage, the handoffs. Ayuk's going to have to catch the ball to get his yards. And I'm sorry, like he seems inconsistent at best with his hands we've seen it in the preseason he's dropping balls left right and center we saw think- last night cd lamb drop quite a few balls in the first quarter right it, it's kind of his first type of play this preseason it takes a second you got the nerves in you he he got it off of him the good wide receivers were will overcome it dk metcalf was one of the top leaders last year and dropped that didn't matter he still put up like 1400 receiving yards or something close to that so drops happen he'll be fine The only difference is Kyle Shanahan's not going to let his quarterback throw 54 times or whatever Mike McCarthy let Dak Prescott throw last night. So those it's not going to have as many opportunities to make up for those drops. Plus, I honestly, I think Kyle gets a little pissed at some of the guys. He's like, you know what? Forget it. You're going to drop the ball. I'm going to go to somebody else. Shanahan's kind of like Bruce Arians in that way then, because as soon as you make a mistake with Bruce Arians, you're just done. I, as soon as Ronald Jones fumbled last night, you knew he was never <laughs> going to see the field again. It's what he does. But also like Ronald Jones, like stop fumbling, stop fumbling and stop dropping a ball. Like if you want to play, what is his problem? I'm amazed that guys have fumbling issues. Like Jermichael Hasty has one for the 49ers. Like it seems so preventable. Take the ball shovel it it. (laughs) under your armpit and like cover it up when you get hit it's it's i'm always stunned that that happens like i look at tiki barber for the giants years ago now he had a fumbling problem and then he changed the way he held the ball and he like never fumbled the ball again It, it seems like such a fixable thing although what they say is like once you get the reputation for having a fumbling problem then everybody goes for the strip which sometimes leads to more but i don't know figure it out man oh Latavius Murray just signed with the Ravens. And now I, I think Latavius Murray will be fine in that backfield. Like I, he's perfect for that backfield. He was the right signing. So I, I again would take the Ravens to lead the NFL. Oh, come on. Have a little, f- what if one of those guys, what if Lamar gets a little dinged up? Like that's well, the other yeah, thing if Lamar too. goes down, then you're screwed a hundred percent, but that could happen to any starting quarterback. Yeah, that's true. But I think for the 49ers, their rushing yards are going to be mostly dependent on the running backs. And you've got Mostert and Sermon and Hasty 
So I feel like the Niners are kind of insulated against that a little bit. Get Hasty out of your <laughs> out of your conversation. What? Don't hate on Jermichael Hasty. He's not going to be the reason the 49ers lead anything. Get out of here. I'm just saying, if the other guys get hurt, he could fill in and be oh, capable. That's all I'm saying. Hasty's How dare you? <laughs> I love me some jitterbug. All right. Uh, last one. Over under on Nick Bosa sacks for the year is 10. And keep in mind, he did not have 10 his rookie season when he was awesome. Armstead actually led the team in sacks that year with 10. So where are you going on Bosa? You know, rookies don't typically get 10 sacks. So I'm okay with him only having nine. That's pretty amazing rookie season. He has to have over 10 for for the 49ers to make the playoffs. He has to have over 10. Like I said, he has to be one of the best defensive players in the NFL for this team to go far. And I think he's going to be, He's if he's going to be one of the best defensive ends, that means you need to have double digit sacks just like every single year. He was just the second rookie actually to have eight plus sacks, 15 plus tackles for loss and 25 plus quarterback hits since 2006. And that, that guy was Von Miller. Von Miller in his second season had nearly 19 sacks. We haven't got to see Nick Bosa in a second season yet. Uh, so I, I would take the over here because the 49ers need it. And Bosa's really, really good. I was, you know, trying to be a little cautious with Bosa because he had a knee injury. It wasn't just an ACL. It was more that complicated than that. And then Trent Williams gets up to the mic and he's like, look, I'm Trent Williams. I've played against a bunch of great pass rushers in my career. I'm telling you Bosa is somehow better than he was his rookie year. Well, he should be better uh, than his rookie year, right? Like, I, I think what he did as a rookie was amazing, but he needs to take that step forward. I mean, he, if he's going to get into the realm of the TJ Watts and Aaron Donalds and the Miles Garrett, like he he has to be better than what he was as a rookie. He has to take that step forward. And if he doesn't have more than 10 sacks, then I think it's a disappointing year for him. I would agree. I'm going to take the over on this one. He, more than any other single player on the 49ers, can transform this team. I apologize for the noise. There's construction happening right next to my house. Um, he can transform the 49ers from, you know, a decent team to a Super Bowl contending team based on how healthy he stays and how he performs when he's on the field because he opens it up for everybody else on that defense. I'm going to take the over and Bosa in sacks. I think that he is going to absolutely contend for defensive player of the year he's going to be a monster and i am just looking forward to just the joy of seeing nick bosa terrorize opposing quarterbacks all year long yeah and he should have a, a like at least one sack in this game to get him started in the right at direction. least one at least one i want to see him have two uh it, i mean it's a hard thing to have a couple sacks in a game but against jared goff I guess the Lions do have a pretty decent offensive line, but I want to see him have a sack in this game, and then he's headed to the right direction of that double digits on the season. I don't know. Panay Sewell has struggled in the preseason. He's allowed four pressures, and I think in 37 pass attempt uh, snaps, which is horrible. And Taylor Decker's got a finger thing going on on the other side. So I think between those two, like the opportunity is going to be there for Bosa. Like I think back to that game against the Browns in his rookie year where he just he took over the game and was in the backfield every single play. I think that we could see that in Detroit, especially, you know, Jared Goff is not a mobile guy. It's setting up nicely for Bosa to chip away at that, you know, double digit total in week one. Yeah. And you play the 49ers defense in fantasy. That's for sure. They're going to be a nice play. Yeah, they are. That's my defense, baby. Not that anybody cares. All right, Michelle, one more thing to do before we go. I almost forgot about it. Lock. 
The Nuke Block. It's the one thought, idea, narrative that you want to get out of your week completely. We actually forgot about it last week. Here we go, Michelle. Week one, what do you got? So there's actually people out there, and I feel like you're one of them, that thinks that the Browns could beat the Chiefs this week. And there's some saying they're going to beat the Chiefs this week in Kansas City. Just no, no, they aren't. They're they're not going to beat them. I I just (laughs) I don't see it happening. Patrick Mahomes, I I think people forget how good he is in the offseason, just like they did for a while with Tom Brady. Now we finally respect him, and we all knew he was going down and winning that game last, last night. We all knew it was going to happen. But people forget Patrick Mahomes is absolutely, absolutely amazing and guess what he's absolutely even better somehow in september he's 10 and 0 in games in september in his career as a starter averages 330 passing yards per game in september has 32 passing touchdowns to zero interceptions in september it's going to be an absolute beautiful day in kansas city 90 degrees sunny and patrick mahomes is going to throw all over the browns the Mahomes is also 7-0 versus the AFC North in his career as a starter. 350 passing yards per game against the AFC North. I, I'm sorry that the Browns got this game week one. That sucks for them. But I, they're not winning. They're not winning. I'll put a bet down on that. I... If they win now, if they win now, I'm not coming on next week's podcast. (laughs) Uh See, those are convincing numbers. I agree with you. What I said on the SB Nation NFL show was like, if the Browns want to announce their presence as like, hey, we are one of the big boys in the AFC. Like, here's your chance. Go into Kansas City week one against Andy Reid, who's awesome when he has extra time to prepare in his career and beat the Chiefs. That is a way to announce your presence with authority. Are they going to do it? I don't no. know. I wouldn't it's be not, totally stunned no. if it had. <laughs> I wouldn't be totally stunned if it had. I would be absolutely stunned. There's going to be uh, a crowd. There's actually going to be fans there, and they're going to be wild because everyone in week one is going to be wild. This is why I'm giving my Steelers like no percent chance of winning either. They have to go into Buffalo. That's like the second hardest matchup uh, that you could get behind getting the going to the going to Kansas City. I just I don't I don't see a world where the Browns win. I can't. Chiefs minus five and a half. How confident are you? That's it. That's all it is. Um, you know, I, I, yeah, I'm confident. I would take over five and a half. I would hope so. You said there's no chance for the Browns to win. I know, but it could still be a, you know, four point game, but no, I, I think they, I think they win by a touchdown. My nuke block of the week is Robbie Gold. I want him off the team. I don't care what the salary <laughs> cap ramifications are. I watched that game last night between the Bucks and the Cowboys. You know, it's a, what is it? A two point game. And Greg Zerline missed two field goals and oh, an extra point. This stuff matters. And, you know, you could have a great quarterback, great defense, all that stuff. Kicking matters they lead your team in scoring every year for a reason Robbie Gold has made I believe it's 78 percent of his kicks over the last two years that is hideously bad he has no leg left he's the oldest kicker in the league he can't make it from 50 plus anymore he's already shown you this preseason he's been bad he's missed multiple extra points I am done with Robbie Gold this is going to be a problem for the 49ers and they have to address it I want him off the team already and I'm saying it now and I've said it all offseason because when it happens in the regular season, I want people to remember that I was on this early. The only issue is who you're going to pick up. Like, there's anybody, not a lot of good kickers out there. Anybody, pick them up. Like, anybody, <laughs> somebody that can hit more than 76% of his kicks, that's, Michelle, that's, that's bad. bad. That's it's not really, like they're really all 50 yards. Like, he's missing 40 yarders out there. 
Yeah, and Greg Zerline last night looked just, he couldn't even make a 30-yarder. Like, kickers can lose your games. I mean, we see it every single week, and it really, really sucks when a kicker, like, loses you a game because they're, like, they're only out there for that kick. And it's just, like, (laughs) your team did such a good job getting them down there, and when they miss those short field goals, it just really stings. Yeah, like the 60-yarder Zerline missed, okay, like, I'm not going to crush him for that, but he missed a 31-yarder. That's shorter yeah. than an extra point. Like, dude, come on. And then I think on an extra point, wasn't it where he uh he made it, but it hit off the goalpost. Yeah, it's brutal. brutal. Like yeah. you and all night, even the ones he made were like just inside the left upright. Like it was it was dicey there. He had the That's yips a, for sure. Yeah. And it, I be I think it's a thing. And I just I'm worried that that could that could cost the 49ers. Uh hopefully I'm wrong, but that's my new block for the week. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Gold Diggers podcast. Oh, I want to ask you, since you're wearing your Steelers sweater, I forgot. Did you uh, did you pop a little champagne when news of the TJ Watt deal came down? I was very excited. And you know what's even more exciting? Um, I just logged off work like in, like a half hour before. <laughs> so when breaking news hits, it's like a, a lot of work, you know, over there. So I didn't even have to like do anything extra at work for it. It was fantastic. Um, but no, I'm super excited for TJ TJ Watt. They needed him. They paid him a ton, but I, I'm super excited. Most guaranteed money for any defensive player in the history of the National Football League. And he's worth every single penny. So congratulations to you. Congratulations to us because it is finally here Week one, I was telling everybody, honey, like my Sundays for the next 18 weeks, 18 plus, hopefully are booked. Like I'm not doing anything. I'm going to have my three H's. I go Heineken, hot wings and Haagen-Dazs on Sunday. That's my plan. And I'm, I'm just, I'm going to be fat and happy this year. It's going to be great. That's amazing. I do appreciate that my wife watches football as well. So I never have to like talk her into it, but now it's really great because I mean, it's great one way, but not so great the other way. I have to work every Sunday, but I enjoy it. Right. Like the, my work this week is writing about the bills, uh, Steelers game. So awesome for me. Like, that's great. But then also, that means when family members ask you to do things on Sundays, mm-hmm. you don't have to say no because I want to watch football and then look like a jerk. Now <laughs> you feel like, no, I have to work on Sunday. So it totally gets you out of it because my wife's family has a uh, dinner every Sunday. So I would have had to miss like football every Sunday for part of it. But now I have to be like, oh, I have to work, which is fantastic. No, no, no. It's not just I want to watch football. I have, I have to, to watch it. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's amazing. It never gets old to me. Like, as soon as I found out that this was a thing that people could do to earn a living, I've never wanted to do anything else in my life. And it's just great. And every time Sunday rolls around, I sit there watching these games and I just think about how lucky I am. Sorry, friends. Sorry, family. (laughs) My wife is a football widow. For the next 18 plus weeks, I have got plans on Sundays. Want to remind everybody before we go, join us after the game. It's the Instant Reaction Podcast on the Niners Nation Twitter handle and YouTube pages. We'll react to everything that happens. Hopefully, we're going to be recapping a Niners blowout. Please join us. We take your questions, your comments. It's a really good time. If you can't, for whatever reason, don't worry. It'll be a podcast. It'll be waiting for you on Monday morning when you wake up. Enjoy the games, everybody. We've waited a long time for this. We'll talk to you next week. Go Niners. Bye, y'all.